0: Hi everyone, Uh, this is Mark and this is the Mark Hastings Experience and uh, in this podcast uh, I'm going to be talking about everything from poetry to films to uh, TV shows to books and about uh, anything and everything that inspires me and uh, I hope you like what you hear Hi everyone, this is Mark, and welcome to another episode of the Mark Hastings Experience. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about one of my favourite films. Uh, It's a film that uh, I've been a fan of for a long time. Um, It's a film uh, that's got a very special place in my heart. Um, And the film that I'm talking about is the 2000 American survival drama film, Castaway, uh, which was directed and produced by Robert Zemeckis, uh, and stars Tom Hanks, Helen Hunt, and uh, Nick Searcy, and uh, yeah, it's it's an incredible film, Um, if you're not familiar with the film, uh, it stars Tom Hanks um, as uh, Chuck Noland, uh, who uh, is a FedEx troubleshooter, Uh, ...who becomes stranded on an uninhabited island... ...after his plane crashes in the South Pacific... ...and the film depicts his desperate attempts to survive and return home. And... um, ...in my opinion, I think it's one of Robert Zemeckis' best films... uh, ...after the Back to the Future trilogy, of course... ...and it's also one of Tom Hanks' best films. Um, And... It's just it's it's such um, it's such an emotional film, um, and it's uh, the the journey that uh, the main character Chuck Nolan has to go on, the the transformation that uh, he 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 has to make in order to to survive is uh, just breathtaking, um, and for a great deal of the. Of the film, it is just Chuck Nolan that you you follow, um, and he has no un- other interactions with anybody else uh, apart from a uh, a very fame now famous uh, sporting goods uh, volleyball. Uh, but I'll get to that in a little while. So uh, the the story of the film um, takes place within in the year 1995, um, in which, at which time uh, Chuck Noland, played by Tom Hanks, uh, who is this uh, time-obsessed systems uh, analyst executive uh, for FedEx, who travels around the world uh, attempting to resolve productivity problems at FedEx depots. Um, uh, he's in a long-term relationship with uh, Kelly Frears, Who's played by Helen Hunt, um, whom he lives with uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, when they actually get to see one another, uh, which doesn't happen that often, because both uh, Chuck Chuck's busy schedule and Kelly's uh, busy schedule uh, don't often uh, overlap, and um, this and because of this, it interferes with. Their relationship. Um, Quite often, they only see each other at family gatherings or when they can um, try and schedule a meeting. And uh, they have to literally compare the dates and what they have scheduled within their diaries in order to see one another. Um, uh, So, at the beginning of the film, um, we we uh, follow a. a package that is being sent um, uh, by um, uh, the character of uh, Bettina Peterson uh, who is sending uh, a FedEx package who's uh, played by the actress uh, Larry White um, and this package this FedEx package is very important uh, but it is also Uh, a package that we never get to see the contents of Um, but it is a very important package for many reasons so we we see it uh, being picked up by a FedEx van uh, and taken um, to be eventually delivered um, and Also at the beginning of the film we get introduced to to Chuck Noland um, at which time he's in Russia uh, attempting to resolve some productivity problems uh, at this uh, FedEx depot Um, and uh, he has uh, sent an uh, elongated pyramid shaped um, package to himself uh, before he left uh, the United States um, and he sent it to himself in Russia to time how long it, uh, it took to get delivered. Um, and he, he's trying to do this to try and demonstrate to, uh, the Russian workers at the, the FedEx depot, um, how, how, uh, effective and how productive they are and what they could do to improve. Uh, and this all is happening, uh, around, uh, or just before Christmas, um, Chuck is very hands-on, he's very obsessed with uh, the the business and increasing productivity and he even goes out to uh, assist in help transfer packages from one van to another when one of the FedEx vans becomes uh, wheel-clamped. And after this, uh, Chuck uh, travels home uh, to his family uh, for Christmas Uh, and while he's on um on the flight back to the United States uh, we get introduced to the character of Stan, uh who is a friend of Chuck, uh who also works for FedEx. It's played by uh, Nick Searcy. Um and uh even though uh Chuck and uh and Stan are friends, um and Stan is even confiding in Chuck uh about um his wife's, uh, severe, uh, illness, um, Chuck, uh, doesn't seem to be the kind of person who knows how to respond or know how to, um, to, to, to listen and to, uh, to give, uh, Stan the, the solace that he needs, um, and he's very reserved, uh, seems to keep a lot to him, himself. Um, but, uh, he's sympathetic and, uh, you know, he, he says that he could, if there's anything he can do, he would love to do that. Um, and, uh, after this, uh, after they, after their flight, um, they make it home for, uh, Christmas dinner, uh, Chuck gathers with, uh, his family and, um, Kelly's family, uh, for Christmas dinner, uh, at which time, uh, we, uh, it becomes apparent that, uh, Chuck has a very serious tooth problem, um, uh, he's constantly complaining about his, uh, his tooth, um, uh, we see his interactions with Kelly, uh, we, um, uh we see them trying to work out when they'll see one another again uh they exchange uh christmas gifts uh in the the car uh on the way to uh a uh another uh work-related um job that chuck is summoned to while he's still at christmas dinner uh that has uh occurred within um, Malaysia so Chuck has to leave Christmas dinner and uh, he has to go and resolve uh, this problem in Malaysia as soon as possible Um, Kelly drops him off uh, at the airport uh, at the cargo section Um, they uh, as I said exchange Christmas gifts uh, and Kelly gives uh, Chuck a, uh, a pocket watch with a picture of her in it um, that has uh, the time that it is in Memphis. So it would, uh, wherever uh, Chuck is in the world, he will always know what time it is wherever Kelly is. Uh, so Chuck takes off um, with the, the flight crew um, and they're on their way to Malaysia um but to do this they have to fly through a very violent storm um and while they're flying through the storm the uh and chuck is just uh, uh going to the bathroom on the plane the uh, the plane starts to lose pressure uh, uh starts to lose uh, altitude uh the the whole of the plane becomes severely damaged uh Chuck he's thrown all the way around the cabin he's uh, the watch that Keller gave him is thrown to the ground uh, Chuck is just able to uh, grab a hold of an inflatable life raft um, but uh, the the crew the the three pilots on the in the in the cockpit of the plane uh, one uh, becomes severely injured when he hits his head on the on the ceiling of the of the plane um and eventually the the plane um ends up uh crashing into the pacific ocean um uh chuck as i said he has this inflatable life raft uh but the the raft's emergency locator transmitter has been uh ripped off um and uh, all of this is occurring at at night um, and, uh, there is a great deal of, uh, uh, destruction and debris and, uh, all of the, the pack- FedEx packages that are on the plane become strewn o- all over the ocean, uh, the, the crew, all of the crew members end up, uh, dying, unfortunately, but Chuck survives, um, and, uh, uh he uh he is successful in staying afloat on this inflatable uh raft that he has um and uh the next day he eventually washes up on an uncharted and an uninhabited island um and uh chuck uh is completely bereft of uh, anybody to talk to uh, knowing what to say what to do because he's totally out of his comfort zone he's somewhere where he, he now has to try and find a way to either get back to civilization or to uh, try and survive as long as he can with what he has on the on the island. Um, and over, the, over time uh, several uh, FedEx packages uh, from the crash plane uh, wash up on the shore, um, I think a total of 11 packages um, wash up uh, all onto the shore. As well as the the corpse of uh, one of the, the flight crewmen um, who chuck uh, berries um, and uh, Chuck uh, sees a, a plane uh, um, a passing ship sorry um, uh, traveling uh, very close to the island um, but unfortunately not at um, uh, as close of a distance for them to see um, the uh, the the signal that um, Chuck uh, tries to to make, um, and when the, the 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 ship the passing ship doesn't see his signal, um, this is when uh, Chuck decides to. Try and brave the waves on the uh, damaged uh, life raft, uh, but uh, the waves and the surf are too strong, and they they toss Chuck around and onto the the coral reef. And um, uh, the the coral reef is so um, jagged in and sharp in places that it punches his leg and injures it quite severely. Um, um uh but uh he is uh is able to um uh, eventually find sufficient uh food uh water and um shelter uh by collecting uh rainwater and um also by uh eating um um coconuts uh, he also um, comes up with a, a way of uh, catching uh, fish. Um, um. and Along the way, uh, possibly due to uh, curiosity um, well, as well as um, uh, necessity, uh, Chuck decides to open some of the FedEx packages. And while he's opening them, he finds a number of uh, useful items. Um, one, uh, one being uh, some, a pair of ice skates, uh, which he uses to, to cut things. Uh, he uses them as if he was using a, uh, um, an axe. Um, uh, he finds one that is filled with uh, video, VHS videotapes um but uh one package uh he leaves um and does not open and it's a, a package that has a pair of wings painted on it and it's the same package that he um that was collected uh or it's from the same place uh it's collected from uh the character Bettina peterson uh played by larry white and she's an an artist um um and uh she's a character that Chuck gets to meet right at the end of the film uh but this um this package uh with the the, the wings on it is becomes very important to Chuck and um he becomes obsessed uh with uh, eventually delivering it to uh its um its intended recipient and it's, it's one of the things that keeps him going throughout the film um chuck attempts to uh build a fire uh but while doing so uh trying to um start a fire with uh, a stick and uh, trying to uh, grind it into uh into a log uh he cuts his hand um very severely um and in anger he grabs um several objects from the packages that he's opened, one in which is a Wilson's Sporting Goods Volleyball, and he uh, grabs it with his bloodied hand and he throws it, and um, the bloodied handprint um, that he's left on it, uh, he immediately uh, uh, believes uh, looks like, uh, a face, uh, or very close to a face, um, a red, uh, a red face, which is actually his blood, and to make it seem even more like a face, um, Chuck, uh, draws, uh, some eyes, um, and a, and a smile, and he names the, the volleyball Wilson, um, and uh, because he has no one else to talk to he decides to talk to Wilson and uh, Wilson becomes uh, a very important um, figure in his life, in his, uh, his goal to stay alive. Um, and of course uh, Wilson is this inanimate object but to, to Chuck Wilson becomes his only friend um, and he continues to talk to it constantly um, during the rest of his time on the island um, uh, but uh, as I was saying before before uh, Chuck arrived on the island he was having these tooth problems and his tooth problems become so bad that he Chuck take, decides to um, take uh, very serious action uh, by trying attempting to knock out his very bad tooth with one of the ice skates that he had um, taken from one of the the packages that he opened, um, and uh, he does this. He he knocks uses a stone to knock the ice skate to try and uh, knock. Uh, the tooth out, uh, which he's successful in doing, but because the, the process was so painful, he ended up uh, um, uh, passing out because of the pain um, and uh, he ends up falling to the, falling to the, the the cave floor where he finds himself, which he, he uses for, for cover when it's uh, raining. Um, and then, uh, but then following this, the the film takes a, a time jump, um, to four years in the future, and it's revealed that Chuck has successfully survived, uh, on the island, the same island, without any contact, or without uh, attempting to, to leave the island, um, again, um, and, uh, he's, uh, taken shelter inside the cave where he, he, knocked his tooth out. He's now a very practiced and successful, uh, fisherman. He's able to, uh, spearfish a, a fish from, uh, a distance. Um, and Wilson, um, continues to be his only companion. Um, and then one day, um... Uh, while uh, he's fishing a large section of a portable toilet enclosure washes up on the island. Uh, And at first Chuck doesn't know what to think about this because he spent so much time just trying to survive rather than uh, attempting to to leave the island. Um, But eventually he comes up with a plan to attempt to build a, a new raft using the section of the plastic uh, wall from the, the toilet enclosure uh, as a sail. Um, but uh, something that's also been uh, revealed, uh, that is revealed in, in the film, is that over the, the last four years, Chuck had several low moments and there was even a moment when he attempted or he thought about or pl- perhaps potentially planned to uh to kill himself to commit suicide and he even constructs um and um shapes a uh, a piece of wood um to look like a person to uh to test whether uh he could successfully uh hang himself uh but fortunately he didn't he continued to survive, but he does reflect on this to uh wilson um that uh this was something that he did uh, attempt um and to do, which uh in, under the circumstances. I'm sure a lot of people would would consider um, having spent, you know, the uh, time to uh, contend with the prospect of spending the rest of their life away from their family, all alone, and on an island. But uh, Chuck uh, uses the uh, the piece of uh, wood that he shaped to look like a, a human to to test uh, his means potentially of uh, suicide. He retrieves them, um, and he uh, constructs uh, a raft, um, and uh, he launches into the ocean uh, to attempt to get away from his only home and. Uh, there's a moment when he's on the raft and he looks back on his island home, the, the island that has um, sustained him, that he's been on for four years, and you can definitely see a look of sadness in his eyes. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, I'm sure, he, he began to feel a, a great deal of connection with it. Um, When uh, Chuck uh, Nolan first arrives on the island, um, he uh, is carrying a lot of weight. Uh, Not a lot of weight, but he has some weight to him. But uh, over the four years, he slims down very much so, Um, um, most likely due to uh, malnourishment. Uh, but uh and he grows a, a long beard as well his hair is long um so i'm I would say that there's some things that uh chuck would have been through on the island that uh aren't depicted in the film but uh a great deal of things must have happened that um only he uh, would remember and know about so leaving the island yeah would, uh would be and is for him a very emotional emotional thing um but uh Chuck makes it onto the onto the ocean makes it out to sea but a a storm uh rages once again and unfortunately damages his raft very severely um and uh follow the following day after the the storm has passed and His raft has been completely ravaged um, and torn to pieces. Um, Chuck has been knocked unconscious. Uh, He's he's sleeping. Um, And while he he is, uh, Wilson, uh, his uh, his, uh, companion, his friend for the last four years, uh, falls off the raft and starts to float away. Um and Chuck is completely saddened by this that the 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 thought and the the um the sight of Wilson who once again is just this volleyball, this Wilson um athletics uh you know volleyball uh with uh you know uh Chuck's Bloodied handprint on it, um, but to to Chuck Wilson is it was his friend, and just to see him the sight of him floating away like that um, just brings him to tears, and he he grieves for him for his loss. Um, but he, uh, because he every attempt to try and retrieve him uh, is unsuccessful and. Wilson just floats away unfortunately, and soon after this uh Chuck is laying on his back um, just just trying to uh trying to survive get as far as he can, uh, but he's bereft of uh, um, any urgency at this point, but uh soon. After this, a passing cargo ship uh passes by They, the crew spot him and uh they they are they successfully rescue Chuck who at this point is barely alive uh but uh they bring him on the ship and um, he is eventually returned uh to civilization uh, when he returns to uh Back to the real world, uh, we, we we see him after um, he's left uh, the island, uh, and after his uh, his attempt uh, attempting to free himself from the island on on his raft, and after he's lost lost Wilson, uh, we see him next um, at a FedEx. Uh, depot or at a, um, a cargo section of uh, an airport. Uh, and this is where uh, Chuck effectively learns from uh, his friend uh, Stan, uh, who we meet at the beginning of the film, that Chuck was given up for dead uh, years ago, four years ago. And his family and friends even held a funeral for him. and uh, eventually, even though it was hard for them to do so, uh, his family, um, and his loved ones, including Kelly, um, has since ma- uh, married, and she has had a child, um, with, uh, with her her husband, uh, uh, um, who's played by, uh, Chris Nuff, um, and, um, he, uh, um, is obviously saddened by this, um, um, and even, and Chuck meets with, uh, Kelly's husband, uh, Jerry Lovett, um, who, who tells Chuck that, uh, Kelly wanted to be there, um but, uh, it had been rough dealing with, uh, the discovery that, uh, Chuck is really, is alive and, um, she needs more time and Chuck looks out the window and he sees Kelly and he sees her just rushing away in tears, um, uh, with, uh, with her husband, Jerry, um, and, uh, she does look to visibly want to see Chuck um, but uh, Jerry uh, appears to be the one insisting that they they leave perhaps uh, insinuating that Chuck doesn't want to see her um, um, and uh, that that night uh, Chuck um, says that he can't wait he decides can't wait any longer to see Kelly and um, he decides to go to Kelly's house um, and this is where we see Chuck and uh, Kelly finally reunite with one another um, and uh, they share a um, very uh, touching conversation which you know she she said she never gave up but then time went on and uh and uh it, it's so hard because she has she was able to move on he never moved on he for all the time he was on the island he still kept the same um pocket watch same gold pocket watch that had her image in uh that she gave to him that had Kelly time, uh, as he referred to it, Uh, and he kept it in the cave, and he reflected on her image, for a great deal of the time, when he was on the island, Um, and she was what kept him going, um, along with uh, his interactions with Wilson, Um, so it's so heartbreaking for for Chuck, Um, and she just can't, uh, she can't understand um, how hard it was for him, and how hard it must be for him to see her just move on. Um, uh, and Kelly uh, gives Chuck the keys uh, to the the car that they once shared—the same car that she dropped him off the airport in—that uh, they still have at the house. They didn't want to uh, sell; um, wanted to, to keep uh which kelly's been using as a as a family car it's uh it's shown um and uh chuck uh um leaves um but uh kelly's unable to just let him go like that and um they they tell one another that they, um, that they love each other, um, but Kelly says she, she can't um, leave her family um, and unfortunately they will have to, they can't be together and um, they'll have to go their separate ways and it's harrowing, it's a heartbreaking situation for both of them um, Kelly, it's not Kelly's fault, she, there's no way she could have known that he was, that Chuck was still alive, so she, she just did the best thing that she could, and she, she tried to move on, but she never really completely moved on, because as she professes to to Chuck, she, she still loves him, and she always will, but, um, she has a family now, um, and right at the end of the film uh we follow tr- uh Chuck uh driving to Texas to uh return the unopened FedEx package uh to the person who had originally sent it. Uh the same package with the the angel wings that uh he kept and he never opened the whole time he was on the island. Um Unfortunately, when he gets to the address, he finds no one at home. Uh, But he leaves the package at the door with a note saying that the package saved his life. Um, And uh, following this, uh, he departs uh, and then finds himself at a a crossroads, um, uh, crossroads junction um and a a woman uh, is passing by in a pickup truck and uh, she stops and uh she gives um some information to Chuck about where each road um, leads to um and as she drives away uh Chuck notices the the wing graphic the same one uh that was on the the package that he just returned uh, is printed uh, painted on the truck that the woman is driving Um, and uh, this is when we see him looking down each road uh, and then at the one the woman took and then we see him smile and that's the end of the film and I like to believe that uh, uh, Chuck went Turned around and uh, went back to talk to um, to the woman that he met, uh, which uh, whose character's name is Bettina Peterson, played by Larry White, um, and I like to believe that he went to go back to see her so that he could finally find out what was in that unopened FedEx package that kept him going, because... Uh, anybody uh, who would keep something like that would in my mind definitely want to know what was in that package because that was the thing that kept him going for uh, for for years Um, the the potential possibility of uh, of delivering um, of delivering that package and There has been a lot of theories about what was in the package, Uh, um, Someone, and one of the most popular theories is that there was a satellite phone in the package the entire time, a a satellite phone that Chuck could have potentially used to try and uh, get in contact with the outside world or draw someone to him, Um, or there are many many different, um, theories about, uh, what it could have been, but a satellite phone is definitely the, uh, definitely one of the, the favourites, and, uh, yeah, uh, I would definitely want to know if that was me, and if it did happen to be a satellite phone when the package was opened, I think I'd just laugh, uh, because of, uh, uh, because that is probably exactly what was in there, um, but, uh, we'll never know, and it's never been fully explained by, uh, Robert Zemeckis, um, uh, and I, and I suppose it's, it's even more fun to keep, um, keep the, the truth, or to keep, uh, the potential of what was in the package, uh, to uh, the viewer to the opinion or the perspective of the viewer and uh, allow them to come up with uh, theories and scenarios of their own and um, because the main, uh, the main premise the main uh, crux of the, of the whole story of the film is that um, Chuck Nolan survived he crashed uh, on a deserted island uh, but he 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 survived and um, um, I just want to read a, a quote uh, by Tom Hanks uh, from 2017 uh, in a actor roundtable um, uh, interview that he did with the Hollywood reporter uh, when and he was trying to Uh, trying to explain what the film was about and uh, why he made it. And he said, I made Castaway because I wanted to examine the concept of four years of hopelessness in which you have none of the requirements for living. Food, water, shelter, fire and company. But it took us six years to put together the alliance that would actually examine that. Uh, I only had a third of it Um, and uh, Bill Broyles only had a third of it until Robert Zemeckis comes along and provided that other third. I had the original idea. Uh, I was reading an article about FedEx and I realised that 747s filled with packages fly across the Pacific three times a day. And I just thought, what happens if that goes down? And... uh, and the film is a depiction of uh, that thought, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's an absolutely incredible film. Uh, it's a film that I absolutely uh, love. Um, the, uh, the The film uh, was uh, written by uh, William Broyles Jr., and the the music uh, was uh, composed by Alan uh, Silvestri. Um, who uh, has many um, credits uh, um, to his bow. He was uh, the composer of uh, all the music to the Back to the Future trilogy. Uh, He composed the music to the film Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, Death Becomes Her, Forrest Gump, Contact, uh, polar express a uh, christmas carol um and he's a uh, a long time collaborator um with uh, robert zemeckis uh but he's also composed scores for Uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, including uh, Captain America the First Avenger, Uh, The Avengers came out in 2012, Avengers Infinity War, uh, as well as Avengers Endgame, and his music is absolutely beautiful and captivating, and uh, uh, yeah, he's just an absolutely uh, phenomenal conductor. And, uh, Robert Zemeckis is, uh, one of the best, uh, directors, um, I've always been a great lover of his work, especially the Back to the Future trilogy, uh, but Castaway, uh, as I said before, also, uh, has a very, um, special place in my heart, uh, because, uh, just the way that Tom Hanks just acts the role of uh, Chuck Nolan so perfectly and so wonderfully and the way that he learns to adapt to his circumstance, uh, the way he um, befriends and turns uh, a seemingly inanimate object of a a volleyball into a friend that uh, um, keeps him company and he talks to and um, oh, it's just, uh, just incredible, the, 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 the film is, uh, it's, um, it's one of my favourites, and, uh, it always, it always will be, and, uh, there's so many scenes within the film, uh, that are so iconic, um, that, uh, yeah, anybody, um, who, who watches the film would just, uh, in my opinion, fall in love with the film and want to watch it over and over again, uh, as I would. Um, and I haven't seen the film for a, for a number of years, but the the images in Castaway and the film itself are so uh, imprinted into my psyche and into my consciousness that uh, I can uh, recall and repeat the entire film um, at any part of it uh, at any time. Uh, Because it's so, um, such a special film for me. And such a memorable film. And uh, it always will be. Um, But yeah. Uh, But also, very heartbreaking. uh, Very inspiring as well. But uh, yeah, I think I'm going to leave it there for now. Um, Even though I could talk about this film uh, all day long. Um, but uh, yeah I think I'm going to leave it there for now uh, and just say uh, that um, uh, if you haven't seen Castaway uh, or if you haven't seen it in a while then definitely check it out uh, anywhere or whenever you can uh, because you won't be disappointed um, because it's uh, it's an incredible film but uh, yeah I think I'm going to leave it there Uh, I just want to say thank you for listening Uh, hope you like what you heard And I'll talk to you again soon. If you like what you heard in uh, this episode of uh, the Mark Hastings Experience, um, and if you want to check out some more of my poetry, um, then you Uh, you can head over to markthepoet.me, uh, which is my website and you'll find, uh, lots of the poems that I've written over the years. Um, you want to, uh, check out some of my poetry, uh, in, uh, book form uh, and go to Amazon and you'll find, um, all 10 of my books that I've had published. Um, they're all books of poetry, um... Uh, books of stories uh, books of uh, memories and uh, experiences Um, and there'll be more to come and uh, if you would love to um, contribute uh, to uh, to the podcast then you can do so by heading over to patreon and searching for mark the poet and uh, your uh, your support would be greatly appreciated Um but uh as I was saying I hope you liked what you heard in this uh episode. Um and I'll talk to you again soon.